There are many components to being a successful leader, and there's a plethora of research looking at leadership strengths and qualities. We often question, challenge, and encourage our clients to be more inspirational as leaders. But what does this really mean? Welcome to this episode of The Chief Psychology Officer with Dr. Amanda Potter. I'm Angela Malik, and today we are exploring what makes leaders inspirational and whether being inspirational is critical for leadership success. Hello, Amanda. Hi, Angela. Thank you very much for being the host today. So why is this topic important, Amanda? Leaders more than ever have to win the hearts and minds of their people and encourage them to cooperate and to give their personal energy and time and effort during quite challenging and testing times. So if you're a leader of any type, you can't just simply order people around and tell them what to do and expect them to do what you want. They may follow your directions initially and they may do what they're told. But once they're left on their own to their own devices, they probably do what they think is right or what they believe should be done. And they are very unlikely with that telling approach to feel motivated, to feel engaged, to feel inspired or to have real clarity about why they're doing something and how their activities contribute to the overall vision and purpose. So for me, inspirational leadership is truly quite key. Zircon have a white paper on this called Inspirational Leadership and Executive Presence. I'd love to talk about some of the research you did for that paper. Thanks, Angela. I would too. The reason we published that white paper is we were really interested in what is it about some leaders that truly inspires, motivates and engages a workforce and creates that sense of followership? So about seven years ago, in about 2015, so maybe eight years ago now, a number of clients were asking me about inspirational leadership. They were asking me, as an executive coach, could I help a number of their leaders to be more inspiring, to create this sense of followership, to make sure they're as impactful as they could be? And I realized through all of those requests from my clients that I needed to know more about inspirational leadership. I needed to know what are the characteristics of an inspiring leader so that I could help them and understand what they needed to do to differentiate themselves to succeed. So how did you conduct this research? We asked our clients to nominate leaders who were regarded as high performing And between a whole variety of clients, they nominated 196 leaders who were rated as either high potential or high performance. And we interviewed those 196 leaders. In terms of research standards, is 196 a decent number of participants in a study? It's pretty good. I think if we were doing a quantitative study, so a questionnaire based study, 196 is sufficient. But because we interviewed as well as surveyed, actually, it's a really good sample. Plus, because all of those leaders were regarded to be high potential or high performing, we were looking at quite a small proportion pool of leaders to select from. So actually, it was a really good number. And we interviewed leaders from a variety of organizations, from public and private sector, both small and large. So a real variety across Europe and the UK. And how does that pool of participants compare to other research that we've conducted? So it's actually a lot larger because it was both qualitative and quantitative interviews and surveys. In the Women in the Bordering research, we interviewed about 40 C-suite women to understand the characteristics of successful C-suite leaders who are female. 
And then when we did the winning attitude research, I think it was 42 Olympians, Paralympians and global entrepreneurs that we interviewed for that research. And again, we were specifically targeting a very small type of individual for both of those pieces of research, which is why the samples were quite a lot smaller. Where this one was much more of a generic population of high performing, high potential leaders as rated by their organizations. And with the 196 participants for the inspirational leadership research, did you ask them to define what inspiring leadership is to them? We certainly did, but we asked a few questions before that. We were asking them about people that they have worked with who they have found inspiring and to describe the situations where they were led by those individuals, the impact those individuals had on them and their lives and the situations those individuals handled so that we could understand the characteristics, the behaviors, the impact and the overall approach and strategy of these leaders. So we understood what made them inspirational. And from their responses, what was your conclusion? What does it mean to be an inspiring leader? It's interesting because very often I like a quite a simple model when it comes to psychology and when it comes to articulation. And like winning attitude, there is not one thing that makes a leader inspiring more than another. Actually, there are a number of characteristics of inspirational leadership, according to our research. In fact, six. And depending on who you are and where you get your energy, so where are your strengths? And depending on what motivates you and drives you, so what you think is the right thing to do and what pushes you to succeed, you are going to have a different combination of these six characteristics. For our listeners, it would be good to explain the difference between executive presence and inspiring leadership. So the reason you're asking about executive presence is because when we did the research and therefore the paper is called Inspirational Leadership and Executive Presence, we did the research about both elements. We were asking about inspirational leadership because some clients were asking us to coach leaders to be more inspiring, but other coaching clients were asking us to help leaders with their presence and their impact. And so I was not clear about the difference between the two. So this research was aimed both at understanding those concepts and the elements within each of them, but also what's the difference between the two. In summary, what we found is that executive presence is all about impact, power, gravitas, charm and credibility. And it's very much about when you know someone is in the room. One person said, you know, when he's present, you'd literally have the hair go up on the back of your neck where you could feel the presence of this person, the power and the dynamism of this person. So it's very immediate with executive presence. It's a really strong and powerful presence in the room or on the screen. Whereas someone who is inspirational may not necessarily have that power, that strength, that gravitas. But they're someone who leaves a really long lasting impression. They're someone who has a real clarity about the vision and they communicate that vision in such a way that it's something that people believe in and get excited about. They also take the time to get to know their people and what their strengths are, what they are motivated by, what excites them and tries to connect with those individuals and with that vision so that everyone feels like there's meaning to the work that they do. I think when you and I have spoken about inspiring leadership in the past, you've expressed it in a way like that inspiring leaders take their people on a journey with them. And I really like that phrasing. I think it's very evocative. 
They really do. And the thing is, someone with executive presence without being an inspiring leader, they will be there in the moment, but they may not take you on that journey. They may leave you behind. They are quite different things. And a question that was asked of me of a number of the people that we interviewed was whether you need both. Do you need to have executive presence and inspirational leadership? Well, of course, it would be fabulous to have both. It would be great to be impactful, dynamic, to have charm and gravitas and to be credible. And it would also be great to have that long lasting impression, to give that long lasting impression, to create a vision of the future that people get excited about. But the reality is all of us have strengths and all of us have gaps and risks. And so it's rare that I meet someone who's got everything most of the time we've got elements of inspirational leadership in us and we've got elements of presence in us and it's how do those traits or characteristics come together to describe how we would interact as part of a team or as a leader. So we've talked a bit about what an inspiring leader is. Can you expand on that in more detail? How would you describe an inspiring leader? An inspiring leader is someone who's visionary, who's agile, who's driven, so they're motivated They are passionate and get excited about the opportunities in the future, yet they are attentive of people's needs. They ask questions, they listen, and they develop their people in line with the strategy, the goals and the aspirations of the organizations. So in other words, they articulate a vision that's based on strongly held values and then create energy and identity in the organization and make sure everyone's got the tools they need to deliver that success. Being visionary seems to be a key part of being inspiring as a leader. It really is actually. An inspiring leader is a visionary. They provide a role model for other people to follow that inspires people to deliver high standards of excellence. So it sounds to me like being visionary is key. Obviously, being a role model is key to being any type of leader, but especially an inspiring leader. I suppose you need to have your finger on the pulse of what your people are really experiencing on the ground. You do. And I think that's the key. It's not just about painting this very fabulous, exciting picture and then getting all excited and passionate about it. It's actually understanding your people, understanding their motivation, what drives them, their skills and knowledge and capability, and making sure that there is a fit between those goals and aspirations and the capability of the people to deliver them. But actually, all of this has missed something that's fundamental, Angela, which is the core element of inspirational leadership, which is integrity. Leaders who have integrity and speak with authenticity are far more likely to be inspirational. And our research identified that that's the foundation of inspirational leadership, that we need to be honest and we need to have integrity. That sounds a lot like conscious leadership to me. It is, actually. I think conscious leadership is almost the foundation of inspirational leadership. So in your research, what characteristics did you ultimately identify for leaders who are inspiring? So we identified six characteristics, and I would love to go through each of them in a moment in turn. And these six characteristics, in addition to the five executive presence characteristics that we talk about on another podcast, were the focus of our white paper. 
But they were also the focus of the Inspiring Leader Questionnaire, which is on the B Talent platform. And it's a product that can be used for facilitation and coaching predominantly. It's less of a recruitment and succession tool. And we encourage our clients predominantly to use it for facilitation, for coaching, for development, for learning and for helping leaders to explore how do they inspire? How do they create impact? And what could they do in order to be more inspirational and to have more impact? I'm really interested to know, in your many years of experience as an executive coach, which of these six characteristics do you find is usually the one you have to work on with clients and which is the one that oftentimes is never a problem? That's such a tricky question. And it's really making me scratch my head and think, oh, my goodness, do I know the answer to this question? I'd be able to answer it from a data perspective from our questionnaire, which ones often come out highest and lowest. But the reality is each of the individual cases that I work with have a very different story. And depending on their strengths, depending on their motivation, on their energy, they've gravitated towards certain things and enjoy certain things and they push away and avoid others. But from a broad perspective, the first one I'd like to point to is attentive. So the reality is most leaders are pretty rubbish at attending to and paying attention to the emotions, the feelings of their people and spotting when they need help or spotting when they need advice or where they might be struggling. So that's one of them. And that relates to, of course, emotional intelligence. And so that might be an area that some people fall low on. That makes sense because if they are high performers, high achievers, they're pushing and they're driving forward. So you do wonder if they stop to think and look behind and make sure everyone's with them for the journey. Absolutely. They're probably not even thinking, are people following, are people with me? They're so busy driving, being visionary, thinking about the future, getting excited about opportunities. So that is one that is potentially a gap. But the one that is the most contentious is when people score low on the authentic integrity scale. People do not want to hear that they're low on integrity. And actually, what we've done over the last eight years is really tried to understand what does it mean to actually have low integrity, according to this research. And what it means is that you're more of a storyteller, someone who's very high on integrity. So scores a Sten 10, for example, will be extremely principled and will not adapt a story to the needs of an audience, will be very strict in the way they communicate information. So very fact-based, evidence-based, very objective, very rational, and will not share the story in a way that would help people understand it, but will tell the story exactly as it is. Whereas someone who scores low on it will tailor the story to fit the audience's need. So integrity is an interesting one. So whilst I'm not saying people generally score low on it. I'm saying that when people do score low on it, it's probably the toughest conversation because it suggests they're quite agile with their storytelling. I suppose all of these scales, I know we're talking about scoring high or low, but if you score low, this is not a test. So it's not that you failed. It's just there are different styles of leadership, aren't there? So there's different ways that you show up as a leader and different leadership roles will require different approaches to leadership. So it could be that being highly principled in your communication is necessary for the role and it's inspiring in that field. Or it could be that you need to be more agile in how you communicate with your people. That's so right. You asked me about which of those six characteristics are more likely to be seen in leaders and less likely to be seen in leaders. Why did you ask the question? 
part of it was general interest because you've had so many engaging relationships with leaders of all types. And the other part was that with our own B Talent questionnaire, I sometimes get the question of what happens if I score low on a scale or even all of the scales? What does that mean? And it's an interesting question to pose. It's that thing of, yes, you've scored low or high, but that this isn't a test and you haven't failed or passed just because you've got a STEN 10 or a STEN 1. It's true. And I'm surprised that anyone would get scores that are low on every scale because the questionnaire is ipsative, which means it's force ranking. So it's quite hard to get low scores on everything. You get highs and lows. And we also have a normative version that's just in development at the moment where you could get low scores on everything. But actually, I think it really depends because it's again about where are your preferences? Where do you get your energy? And most people will get higher than average scores in a few of the scales, but they're unlikely to get higher than average scores in all of the scales unless they are socially desirably responding and trying to present themselves in a very favorable light. So I think the key to say is that none of us are perfect and none of us are truly inspiring to the extent that we'll have every single characteristic. I haven't really met very many leaders who I would say tick every box. Do you know anyone who ticks most of the boxes? I suppose I'm thinking there's, well, Sarah in our business, I would say she's pretty darn near many of the characteristics, but even Sarah doesn't have all of them. And outside of the organisation, I was thinking about John Latham, who's the vice chancellor and CEO of the Coventry University Group. He has some outstanding strengths and is incredibly visionary as a CEO and vice chancellor for the university. But I think even he himself would say that he doesn't necessarily tick every box. He ticks a good number, but he has some outstanding strengths. But I would also say he has areas that he himself would say are not his natural preference or his strength and areas he wouldn't give his time to as readily. One inspiring leader comes to my mind is a recent podcast guest of ours, Joe Wicks, the body coach. That's a great example because Joe is visionary. He's passionate. He's driven. He's attentive of his team, so much so that he's kind of introducing us to various team members. He's definitely motivating because he's like motivating guru, isn't he? So, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's very inspirational, both inside and outside of his business. And so both the way he talks to his team and the way he talks to us as the general public, he's a great example. OK, so maybe there are people who've got all the characteristics after all. <laughs> So you mentioned that the research also covered executive presence and that you had identified for the questionnaire five characteristics, I think it was. What are those five for executive presence? So they are credibility, which is the foundation. So like integrity being the foundation for inspirational leadership, credibility is the foundation for executive presence. And then the other four are confidence, charisma, power and gravitas. And as I say, we'll cover each of those in a separate podcast, Angela. Can you have one but not the other? Can you have executive presence but not necessarily be an inspiring leader or vice versa? Absolutely. And you can feel the difference. And so someone who's got executive presence but not inspirational leadership, in Julie Lee's beautiful language, they will be fur coat, no knickers. They will be style without substance. They will be very impactful in the moment and they will be someone who kind of gets your attention, holds your attention in that moment. But once they're gone, they don't have that longer lasting impression. Whereas someone who has inspirational leadership without the executive presence is much more of a slow burn. 
and it would take them longer to create followership, to get people excited about the opportunity because they don't have that immediacy of grabbing people's attention and taking those people with them. So it would be good to have a bit of both. And thinking of the data, did your research ever uncover what proportion of leaders are actually inspiring? A crazy small number, according to our research. So of the leaders that we interviewed, so the 198 leaders, or was it 196? 196. 196. And I was just increasing my sample by two. They said that such a small number of people that they have met over the last 10 years were inspiring. So the question we asked them was, have you met more than 10 inspiring leaders in the last 10 years? And 97% said no. Only 3% said they had met at least 10 leaders that were inspiring in the last 10 years. They've either got a very, very high bar to meet or that's quite a sad statistic. I'm quite curious. Did you also ask them whether they thought they themselves were inspiring as leaders? Well, they did. That was the shocking part because I did separate the two questions. So I asked them about the proportion of people that they'd met that were inspiring and we got this 3%. And then later in the interview, right at the end, after we had created the trust, created the confidence in the interview, I then asked them the question very gently at the end. And I said, to what extent do you think you're an inspiring leader? And over 50% said they felt that they were inspiring. To be fair, they were selected for our research by our clients, by their line managers and those organizations, because they're regarded to be high performing leaders. So maybe they are inspiring. There does seem to be a big difference between the 3% and the 50%. Yes, I always find it interesting. It's like with executive presence. I think we were talking about that one time and no one seems to know anyone with executive presence, but everyone thinks they have it. It's exactly the same story, isn't it? I suppose since it's rare to be an inspiring leader who also has great executive presence, you're probably more likely to score high on one side over the other. Yeah, you definitely are. And the reality is, if you were to complete the questionnaire, if you were to get coaching in both of these aspects, is not to dwell on it, but to learn from it and recognize that all of us are different, that so few people actually are high on everything. And it's really about understanding how you show up as a leader and the strengths that you bring. And so I definitely can see that I've got some gaps. Even my co-director, Sarah, has gaps. And I'm sure even the fabulous Joe Wicks might even have a few gaps that he hides. So I think it's just about working out where do we have strengths and how can we play to those strengths? Well, I guess it's also you need to consider what the role requires too and whether that role requires one over the other. Completely. Yeah. I think each leadership role is different and we need different things from different people at different times. And so, Amanda, having done all of this research, what are your thoughts on how we can learn to be more inspiring as leaders? What tips do you have? Well, the tips really depend on each individual. So it's not a blanket solution with this research. You can't necessarily just say that if you do these five things, then you will be more inspiring because it depends on your starting point. For example, if attentive is the low score for you and you're not someone who naturally observes, asks questions, listens and considers the feelings, the emotions and the perspectives of others, then that clearly is going to be the area that you need to work on. So if you had a very future focused, direct, powerful and visionary CEO who needs to take people with him or her on that very ambitious and demanding journey, he or she will need to be much more aware of their needs. 
he or she will need to ask more questions, not just about work, but to build trust and to build a relationship. They'll need to be more observant and they will need to flex their EQ muscle and recognize what people are not asking and being much more attentive to their needs. So it truly depends on each leader and each leader's gaps on how they could be more inspiring. My takeaway here is that coaching for inspirational leadership is highly individual. Completely. It's truly not one size fits all. It depends on the individual, the situation, the organization and what they are trying to achieve as a leader. And that's why this product is not truly an assessment for recruitment product. It's an assessment for development and coaching product. And the research is helpful for coaching because we're not saying that you need to get high scores on this questionnaire in order to be an inspiring leader. What we're saying is this will give you an indication of the areas that you gravitate towards and you are strong in and the areas that you could potentially develop and grow as a leader. But it's unlikely you're going to get high scores and everything. And you shouldn't aspire to get high scores and everything because we're all completely different and unique. And it just gives us a starting point for a conversation with the leader about how they can focus their energy and understand how they show up and what their potential gaps and risks are. It's a great tool for a really effective coaching relationship, especially because it's so highly individual. If you find the right coach for you, and then you've got something like this questionnaire to kind of guide what areas you might want to work on, you could have a very good outcome in the end and really, really grow as a leader. That's the key. We've got so many good executive coaches who are trained in this product and using it as part of their coaching intervention. And it's a very helpful way to start the conversation and to give a structure for what do we even mean by inspirational leadership? What do we mean by communicating with presence and gravitas and impact? And how can I or how can the coach develop their skills, their knowledge, and how can they adapt their approach in order to get the best out of themselves, their team and their organization. Well, thank you, Amanda, for another fascinating conversation. And if our listeners would like to hear more about our Inspiring Leader Research or the Be Talent Questionnaire, please go to Zircon's website to download the white paper. Thank you, Angela. And if you'd like to hear more about our executive coaching for inspirational leadership, we have a practice that specializes in executive development and we have a comprehensive network of coaching practitioners who are trained in our product. So please do contact the Zircon office via our website. I'd like to say thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you and goodbye.